Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Northridge Church. This is a big day. Uh, I don't know if you feel it or sense it in the room. Uh, I kinda, it kind of hit me during that last song. But we have 14 people that are taking the courage to step out in front and get baptized in front of all of you and declare to you and to the world that they are one with Christ. And I'll just say this. There's a lot of people that are unwilling to do that. It is easy to get dunked underwater. I mean, sort of easy. It depends on how long the pastor holds you under. It's fairly easy to do that, but to do that publicly and have your statement and your faith read in front of everybody and have them celebrate you, that's an amazing and also intimidating thing. And so I am proud of the 14 people. We have nine after service today, five after second service, who are going public in their faith. And so I hope, church, body of Christ, that you are ready to celebrate them because Jesus is worthy of it. And the fact that they stepped in and said, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm all in, deep into the pool, let's go. Uh, we need to celebrate that. Amen? All right. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. This is going to be good. So we're glad that you are here, thankful to have you here. Uh, so Pastor Chris, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and come on up. Uh, so I just wanted to let you know, we have 14 people that are getting baptized today. Uh, it's going to be an amazing day. And, uh, and out of those 14 people... This is really cool, but we have eight kids that are being willing to do this today, all right? That are going public in their faith. And the reason I'm bringing Pastor Chris up here, she loves this. I'm just kidding. You don't. Come on over here. Come on over here. Um, so, so this is Pastor Chris, and, a lot, and the reason I bring her up here is you guys get to see her preach from time to time, but I want you to know that on a week-in, week-out basis, she is taking care of tons of volunteers, tons of kids, and leading them to Jesus, and as a result, we have eight kids getting baptized today. And uh, you can see she's in a mask. She's feeling maybe a little underweather. So we, we decided she can't get in the baptistry, which is just terrible because she's like led so many of these kids to do this. But I just wanted you to know that with Pastor Chris and Pastor Nick and Rini, who's right over here, she's on the keys, and my wife, Laura, they're all officially on staff, and we have an amazing team, and we have amazing volunteers, but I just want you to know that I get to serve with incredible leaders. I am not this good. They make me look really good. I mean that. Our church is amazing. Our leaders are amazing. You guys are amazing, and so I just wanted to highlight, Pastor Chris, I thank you for what all of you guys do, but I thank you for what you do and how you pour into and invest in our kids. Can we just say thank you to Pastor Chris? Some of the most powerful stuff does not happen in this room. It happens while we're in this room somewhere else. And so uh, I just want you to know that our church is more than just the gym, just this sanctuary. A lot of great things happen here. I'm not diminishing that. But we have things that happen throughout the week. And tonight this place is going to be packed with youth. We had 80 people in the, in the building last Sunday when we kicked off. Okay, and that's only going to grow from there. The, God is doing some stuff. Okay, it's really, really awesome to see, and you guys are part of it, and so thank you. All right, so I need to get off that preaching soapbox, and we need to keep going, all right? So we have been in the midst of this series. We're landing the plane today. It's called The Power of One. 
And this, this series is very simply talking about how one person makes all the difference. One decision can make all the difference. One step of courage makes all the difference. And we've been talking about how you can make all the difference in somebody's life. And you're going to hear a story in just a moment about that. But before we do that, if you look at this graph, you can kind of see this. If you look at a power button, what do you always notice about most power buttons? There's usually a backlight to the power button, isn't there? Most of the time, there's a backlight. There's a light that's kind of underneath it. And that backlight, have you ever wondered what that backlight is trying to communicate to you? It's communicating something very powerful, very simple. And that, that communication is this. The power is there, but you have to push the button. The power is available, but you have to turn it on. Today, you're going to hear a personal story about how it is and how powerful it is when we turn on the power of Jesus in your life. And so uh, I'm excited to invite Elliot Kosmicki up. Come on up, Elliot. He is, uh, he's been, yeah, there you go. You guys are ready to go. I love this. Yes, this is awesome. So I'm going to pull this up. Elliot's going to pull this other up. So I'm going to talk to Elliot here for the most part today. And we're going to hear Elliot's story. And, uh, and we're just going to get into it. All right. Elliot has an amazing, powerful story. He has a beautiful family. Uh, many of them are here on the front row uh, here this morning. Go ahead and let's have a seat, Elliot. I guess we can get, try to get comfortable, right? You're totally comfortable, aren't you? Happy to be here. <laughs> and that would be a no, but uh, we're all good. Um, Elliot and I have been talking all week, and as you would imagine, talk about courage to get baptized. It also takes a massive amount of courage to come and share a very, very large set of personal things. And so, Elliot, I mean it when I say it. This is a big deal, and so thank you for yeah. being willing to do that. It's a privilege. Thanks. Yeah. So this is Elliot Kosmicki. He's going to share his story. So, Elliot, why don't you just start by... Um, sharing with us a little bit of your background. Tell us kind of where you came from, you know, growing up, all that kind of stuff, just briefly. Well, my dad's already crying, so I'm not going to look over there. I'm okay, don't even here. look at him. Don't, um, just don't even look over there. <laughs> um, I grew up in uh, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, mm. uh, south north woods. Uh, family of five, uh, two parents. Dad's here. Uh, my mom will be here for the second service. Uh, oldest of three kids. Uh, Baptized Catholic, uh, went to Sunday school growing up. Dad taught Sunday school growing up. Uh, you know, mom said prayers every night with us going to bed. Yeah. And um, pretty, you know, normal. I mean, you know, what's normal really? But it was, you know, it was a, kind of a typical childhood. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It was All good. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Elliot. Loving awesome. parents. Best family ever. <laughs> you are trying to win points, and I think that's a good idea. That's great. You have a microphone, do it. Uh, let, let's, let's cash in some of those. Um, Elliot, no, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, and I love that. Like, the south of the north is, woods, is that what you said? Yeah, I don't know. I was like, I've never heard that before because like I was in Eau Claire. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's not quite north, north woods, but it's on the edge, yeah. right? It's there. Um, so that's so good. Um, so... Elliot, you talked about baptized as Catholic. You had an upbringing with church in the background. Your dad taught preschool, you know, Sunday school classes. Um, tell us a little bit about how your faith was formed in those early years, teenage years, because you had, uh, you had a lot of things going on there. So just, yeah, talk to us about those early years in your faith. Yeah, so I loved uh, the tradition of the Catholic church and loved the 
the grandness of it all. I love the incense for the holiday services and um, uh, the chanting. Uh, we had a great uh, Father Jablonski, big, big uh, priest, great <laughs> chanter. And um, it just. I've, I've never gotten that down. I'm just, the, I, I'm just not good, good at it. You want to try it now? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, so. I love church, uh, so I'm going to, um, one of the things that was kind of disconnected for me was um, I knew we had a Bible at home, uh, and I knew at church there was a large book uh, that they would open, and then someone would come up and read from it. Um, I had no idea that that was the book that was in the cabinet at, at home, so I had this disconnect between mm. um, Bible and, and church, and I, it, so that was um, strange for me once I realized that that big book was the same book. It was kind of interesting. Um, going to uh, um, confirmation, so I did the first communion, did the, uh, actually skipped confession because I was scared to death of the box, um, <laughs> but I did. I, I think I would be too, to be honest. <laughs> I did. I, <laughs> what uh, are we going to do in there? I know. It was, I mean, it was small. It's a small box. Uh, sure. <laughs> uh, scary stuff so you get to the point where you're, you're doing um, uh, confirmation classes you're mm. you know, taking classes to confirm your faith and, and um, I remember and I don't remember who the teacher was but you know we our grade probably started with a couple dozen kids in, in Sunday school when we were little and it was like you know survivor you have there's like three of us left at the end that are maybe <laughs> going to uh, get confirmed <laughs> And uh, I remember that the teacher, um, you know, she's teaching from a curriculum, sure. and I was, I'm asking a lot of questions that she didn't have answers for, and I, I was asking about the virgin birth, and just how, is, how does this even work, right? I'm 17. I think that's a good question, by the way. <laughs> 17, you know, I'm 17 or whatever. And her answer to me, um, her answer to me was, um, you know, this is, this is why we have faith. You just have to believe. Uh, I don't, you know, she didn't have an answer. You have to have faith. Hmm. Um, and it, she, what she was referring to was, was blind faith. And um, Christians don't need to have blind faith. We have one of the most provable um, set of, of, of tenets and, and truths. Um, there's no need for blind faith. And, but that was really a moment where I didn't understand, and I, on the day of confirmation, made a conscious decision not to go. And, you know, I said, I, I can't confirm what they're asking me to confirm, so yeah. I, I didn't do it. Wow. It takes a lot of courage to say, no, I can't do this, right? Because the, there's the pressure that everybody is doing this. This is what I've been taking classes for. That's, that's amazing. When you told me that part of your story, I just... Like, to take that stand and say, I, I honestly can't with integrity do that is amazing. So, so let's take it one step further, Elliot, because if we stop there, it, this goes somewhere, right? And so you have tons of curiosity about God, about faith, about the virgin birth, which is understandable. All of these things, and, and not only are you not getting answers, but you're almost in some ways being shut down for asking questions, almost like we don't want to give answers, almost like we don't have answers. Um, and not just the Catholic Church, but anywhere, right? I mean, you're just like, there's, there's, there's answers out there, but I'm not finding what I'm, what I'm needing to find. So talk to us about um, where that eventually led you in life in terms of, yeah, all of that stuff. 
Yes, I mean, I wanted to know. I, you know, I felt like I was kind of um, rejecting God in that sense, and, and think in retrospect, I was probably rejecting the, the church and, you know, this poor woman whose name I forget that wasn't her fault. She didn't know the answer to these questions. Sure. Um, but I, I moved to California, uh, in Southern California in uh, 2000, and um, I was, I, I got really into, I was always into like productivity, self-help, you know, do your best, be your best type of things, but got really into like the spiritual side of that, um, you know, didn't know at the time it was kind of new age, uh, they call it, you know, there's names for it, new age, there's new age spiritualism. Um, and I, I just didn't know, um, I didn't know any better. I'm, I'm reading this stuff and realizing that, well, I have the power to create whatever I want to create. It was actually pretty, it was like, wow, that's great. But I didn't realize at the time, uh, you know, the, their, their, um, their message was basically, you know, the universe uh, is, is God. Hmm. There's no, there's no, God is, when people are talking about God, they're really talking about this universe that is energy and it's in all of us and it's in uh, it's in animals and plants and we are all connected by this energy mm. and it sounded like it made a lot of sense to me so every time someone would talk about God I would relate that to this uh, uh, this universe <clears throat> and uh, uh, the Da Vinci Code book I don't know if anyone's read this um, I, look I know it's a fictional book so don't um, <laughs> knock me for this but it was actually a devastating part of my, uh, of my faith because I read this book, was enthralled for two days. By the end of it, even though I knew it was fictional, it's so cleverly woven together with, um, with half-truths, hmm. uh, which, is, which is common throughout history. Anyone anytime you want to trick someone, just throw in a half-truth and it really confuses them. By the end of that, I believed that not only did Jesus not, was not resurrected, but that he may not have even died, may have been married, had kids, hmm. uh, was fully believed that, fully hmm. believed it. Hmm. And um, so as I was like, uh, you know what's really weird, Brent? Is <laughs> I, I don't, but you're going to tell, tell me. <laughs> telling, telling Can your, you tell this is, go, like, we're just kind of flowing here? This is awesome. Telling your it. story with notes. It's like, I know the story. <laughs> But now I'm like, I got to stay on track or like, Brent's going to like kick me. Um, now you know my struggle every single Sunday. Like, I got, Brent, stay on track, right. stay on track. Uh, yeah, I get it. But, you know, I think what was interesting about this was that I realized even like with this whole universe thing and, and new age stuff, I was actually still in pursuit of, of knowing God. Um, you know, I think in retrospect, God was still pursuing me at that point, but um, so anyway, I, but I felt very disconnected from, wow. you know, the, the God of the Bible, for sure. Wow. That talk about half-truths is so true, isn't it? Like those little things, they seep in, and then they start to take us from the real truth, uh, like the Da Vinci book and things like that. Um, okay, so turn the corner again. So now we're around 2008-ish, just, just to give everybody context, all right, in your life. Uh, and so now you meet someone very special, 
and some things really start to change in your life. Uh, things have shifted spiritually. You've kind of started to go, man, I think Jesus was this and not this and all these things and new age and the, the universe is actually God. There's no actual God and, you know, those kind of things. But now you meet someone very special. Now personally some things start to change. Can you yeah. tell us about her and tell us about that? Yeah, she's over there. That's Mandy. <laughs> uh, I met Mandy. Uh, we were actually uh, agreed to be married within a week of meeting each other. And uh, we're actually engaged six months later, married the next year. Um, beautiful, fun woman and great mom, great wife. Um, so supportive. And we, um, so we, obviously, we're, you know, we get married, we're, we're thinking about kids. And, and being where I was at the time, I'm thinking, well, how, I, I somehow related uh, church to, like, being good for myself, like church teaches you morals to some degree or something like that. I had that connection. So I'm like, well, how do I raise kids without this? Mm-hmm. And I actually bought a book. It was like how, you know, how to raise good kids without God. And I was creating this plan of like how to avoid church for my kids. <laughs> and um, so. There's an actual book that says that. Yeah. I, I did not know this there's until actually, I talked to Elliot. And I was like, actually a lot there's a book that's like, that's yeah. the title? He's like, yeah, no, no joke. Okay. It's, uh, so we have, you know, we've got these two little kids eventually, right? We, haven't, we don't, still don't have a plan for how to make them good. They did end up great. They're going to be at the second service. Ryan and Casey are awesome <laughs> kids. Um, but, you know, with two little kids uh, in a relationship, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you lose touch with your spouse sometimes. And it's, it's difficult uh, in those early ages. Mm. Um, and shockingly, when, you, when you're worried about studying uh, stuff focused on yourself, mm. you end up sometimes selfish. And um, I know it's, it's mm. shocking. shocking. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> but it's amazing how you can get there, focusing on yourself, and is. you end up selfish. I don't I understand. And I, uh, I, I was not a good husband. Um, probably not a good father at the time either, and um, carried a lot of carried a lot of guilt, a lot of uh, uh, pain, and this um, it's kind of culminated in a in a, what was should have been a huge argument with Mandy, and Mandy um, instead of yelling at me, she's looking at me, and I could tell how angry she was. The words coming out of her mouth were so calm and uh, collected. It was just odd. And she told me later, she's like, those, I don't know how I spoke like that. Those weren't my words. It was kind of the first time I realized that maybe God is uh, working in my life and in our relationship. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. So clearly God is starting to show up in a little different way, maybe different than he's just a universe, right? Yes. Maybe personal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clearly. And so uh, in the midst of that, some other things began to change for you guys in the next season of life. Tell us a little bit of what happened and what started to change again. Yeah, so we moved to Wanakee. Um, we were, Mandy had decided that, well, the best thing to do for this, this church-related stuff, we're going to put the kids in, in, the, in the Sunday school stuff and let them decide. They'll learn things, and then they'll decide when they're mm-hmm. older. That's kind of where we landed. At the same time she did that, she met Laura, 
uh, Laura invites her to Northridge, and now that she's going to Northridge, and I don't understand, like, you know, Catholic Church is like, that's church, I don't understand really anything else, but she keeps going, and then she keeps going. My dad has spent 70 years looking for the perfect Catholic Church. He would drive 80 miles one direction to, like, go to church if he likes it. Um, he sees this flyer about Northridge at our house, and he's like, and Mary's like, oh, you should come check it out. I'm like, oh, yeah, this, this is going to go really well. So he, he goes, and I'm just waiting to hear about how, you know, crazy it is or ridiculous it is. And he's like, this is great. I'm going back next Sunday. And he just, and all of a sudden he's going, I'm like, what is, what is happening in my life? <laughs> what are you guys drinking? My wife, my wife is at church every Sunday. Now my dad's at the same church. I don't even, I don't understand what's happening. Uh, but I'm going on occasion. I, I'm loving, like, I've never been exposed to worship music of really any sort outside of hymns. And, um, I, you know, I thought it was great. I thought the sermons were great. And uh, I actually did, when you were talking about God, I would translate that to universe in my head. And um, <laughs> thank, but, you, thank you for that. <laughs> you know, the, the gospel message was impacting me. Um, you know, I would come more and more often and, um, and loved it. Where, where, where was it? This is, uh, the <laughs> You're good. The last thing I wanted to say about, about this time period was, so mm. in 2019, mm. Uh, my brother, my younger brother, was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. And you know, he was young, 40-ish at the time. Um, and after the diagnosis, we lived down the street from each other on accident. We didn't actually plan that. Um, but he, every morning, around 6, 6.30 in the morning, I see him driving by my house. This is way too early to go to work, and I didn't know why he'd be working this week. He just got this news. Well, it turns out he was um, going to church every morning. And I thought to myself, if I was in his position, what would I do? Mm -hmm. um, like, I didn't, I didn't have that. Um, I was relying on myself before, you know, healing and, and, and things like that. So uh, that hit me really hard. Wow. So clearly, I mean, it <laughs> I don't even have this on my notes, but it feels like God is setting you up. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like he's leading you somewhere. He's kind of giving you these thoughts. Your brother drives by and you start realizing, okay, this stuff that I believe in, it can't support this. Yeah. I can't handle this. If I were going through that. And so you have some of these little mini rev revelations. Yeah. But then you hit this season of time, this big thing hits, COVID pandemic hits, March 2020. Yep. And so from there for the next several months, like God just, things absolutely get changed. You get wrecked in a really powerful way. Why don't you just walk us through that season? Sure, I'm not already wrecked. <laughs> so let's get wrecked, Brent. Right, let's get wrecked more. Um, okay, good, I like this. <laughs> um, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, I'm not going to spend too long on this because I could go on, we could, maybe next week we could pick this up. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. I'll have to adjust some was, plans for next Sunday, but that's fine. It, it, was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was hard to get uh, truthful information from the media channels that everyone has normal access to. Let's mm -hmm. just say that. 
And so I was, I was searching, for, um, searching for information. I ended up uh, meeting essentially a group of people. We were, uh, at that time, basically not allowed on social media. Um, and, you know, we had chat rooms and stuff like that. We were constantly talking. A lot of Christians in this group, which was interesting to me because, like, I'm going through life and, like, there's Christians all around me and now I've got Mandy and my dad and Northridge and it's, uh, like, a whirlwind. So all these Christians, and every single day, um, it was very, like, a research-focused chat group, okay, uh, forum. And every day they're posting... Uh, Bible verses, they're posting, um, you know, their version of the gospel, and they're uh, essentially preaching in between all these um, these research-related things. One of the things that stood out to me um, uh, was C.S. Lewis, uh, Mere Christianity. Hmm. His argument uh, called the, the uh, liar, lunatic, or truth. Right, and so his, his basic argument, Brent's preached on this before and I loved it, um, his basic argument is if Jesus was telling the truth, he couldn't be a, what a lot of people call a, uh, uh, a, a good teacher, right? A good moral teacher. Well, he couldn't be a good moral teacher if everything he said would have been a complete lie, right? right? And so he is either crazy or lying or he was telling the truth. And as someone who loves to argue and find the truth in an argument. You like to argue? I, I, I had a hard time with that because mm. it made total sense and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't figure out how then it wasn't the truth. Mm. The other big one was around um, the resurrection. The res- in the resurrection, I didn't know, uh, I think my kids already know this going to Northridge, but I didn't know there's like 500 witnesses to the resurrection. And that, you know, the, the, um, the apostles are writing about, like, well, they're still alive. Go talk to them if you don't believe us. And not only that, but they were, I put myself in these people's shoes, right? Mm-hmm. And they were under the threat of death if they didn't recant their story. Mm-hmm. A lot of them lost their lives. The other people who wouldn't recant were seeing people losing their lives for not recanting the story. And I said to myself, could I do that? Could I knowingly lie and be killed for it? Mm. I mean, we're not talking about losing social media accounts. We're talking about penalty and death. Your life. Um, mm. I, th- I ended up believing that the, you know, we, none of us can be eyewitnesses to this anymore, right? But the preponderance of evidence is clearly that the resurrection is real. And if the resurrection is real, then Christianity is true. That's the bottom line. And these dominoes started falling. Mm. A friend of mine posts an amazing gospel message one day, sitting on my screen porch. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And an amazing gospel message, followed by a prayer. And essentially asking, you know, the prayer is asking for, uh, uh, for me to have the courage to accept Jesus Christ as my, as my doorway to God. As a sinful, a sinful people, we can't stand in front of a perfect God. Hmm. 
and I read the prayer. And as soon as I read the prayer, uh, warmth just pours out over me. And I'm bawling, surprise. Um, I'm bawling, I'm, you know, laughing. Uh, and I went from one second to the next, I went from not believing to believing. And I didn't, the, the weird, and this still happens to me today, I'll think about life before this particular day, and I don't know how I could have thought the way I thought because of how I felt. Mm. It's like, how can someone who feels like this have thought the way I thought? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And um, at the end of the day, that, that, uh, that step to say that prayer, that step to receive that um, grace from God. Mm. Um, that's not, that wasn't me. I didn't, I, I almost could say I almost didn't choose it in some fashion because I just mm. was learning a little bit at a time and all of a sudden God stepped in and said, it's time. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that just amazing? Yeah. Elliot, what's amazing to me is that you, when you were telling this story, and again, I didn't hear most of this story until we sat down and we talked about it. And I'll, I'll, let me just give you guys a little bit of an inside track on this. I told Elliot this. Uh, he's not actually up here. He's getting baptized today, but he's not up here because he's getting baptized. When we planned this series, God very clearly said to the group of us that were talking about that, and to me specifically, uh, the last sermon in this series, The Power of One, Turning on the Power of God. We were talking about how the last, series, the last sermon is going to be about turning on the power of Jesus. And God said, that's Elliot's story. And I didn't know any of the stuff that he just shared. None of it. God clearly, I mean, it was amazing that God flipped the switch that you literally, he led, 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 like the, the power button's there, the power button's there, and then all of a sudden, God pushes the power button, and, and you go, done, I got it. You literally switch from unbelief to belief in a moment, like you said. And, and I love what you said, too. Uh, you didn't mention this. I, I might be stealing your notes from the future, but, um, but I love that Elliot has, has told me, he said, it's now I've gotten to the point where I can't not believe. I, I have gotten to the point, I, I can't just not believe. I can't go back. I can't do that. I, I, I literally can't not believe. Yeah. You've moved from complete unbelief, God is the universe and energy and all this kind of stuff, to, no, Christianity is absolutely right and real and true. Yeah. And you switch just like that. I love how God turned the power on. Um, okay, so... Uh, we got to continue and land the plane. We're yep. doing good on time, actually. We, see, we were, we were so worried, like, this is going to take forever. And, you know, Elliot, you do, you're way better than I, I am. Maybe I did, I'll just I, sit down here on Sundays, you know. I, I, I did cut out all my theology lessons. So <laughs> okay. I cut yeah. it down a little bit. I will say that. If you want to get some deep theology, talk to Elliot for a while, and you'll be like, I'm not sure I know what I'm even talking about anymore. Because <laughs> uh, he'll just spin you in circles. It's, it's awesome. Uh, but, no, seriously... Uh, what's beautiful is God had to bring you to that place because you are such a deep thinker. 
And you, you had to consider the evidence where you don't stand up to get confirmed because you're like, I, but I don't agree with this. I can't do this. This is, I'm lying. And uh, Elliot, let me just commend you for being that courageous and also now on the other side of it to proclaim Christ clearly. And I think that's where we should probably, let's, let's get there for a moment. Yeah. So you, God switched the, turn that switch on, the power button's fully pressed. You, you're all in with Jesus. You're going to get baptized here. Like, you're all in. That's obvious. Tell us where you are with Jesus now. Kind of just unpack that for a minute. And, and what do you have to say to the rest of us here? Because here, here's the truth. We've got a lot of people in here, they're following Jesus. We've got a lot of people in here, they're kind of on the fence. And we've got some that are like, they don't, they're, they want nothing to do with it. They're where you were. And some all people, uh, right, all, yeah, all three yeah. of them. And there's people online. There's, there's people watching and listening online. They're hearing this and they're struggling with this too because they're believing some half-truths. Yeah. So Elliot, just land the plane by telling us where you're at in your faith now. Where has God brought you and what do you want to tell us as we, as we kind of wrap up? Yeah, so that, uh, that research group, I was spending, I was like a full, it was a full-time second job, basically. I, I promised uh, Jesus that day I would um, focus my research and, and interest um, time on scripture and theology. I think theology is, uh, my passion for these things, theology in particular, because I love to understand the how and why. And... I think everyone should, at least at a, at a high level, have an overview, understanding, you know, what, why they believe what they believe mm. or why they don't. Mm. Um, so that's every day for me. Jesus is around every corner for me. My conversations that always used to be with myself are now most of the time with Jesus. And uh, so my, um, I've, got, I've got two kids that are baptized. <laughs> Never thought that would happen. Because um, you had a book, Raising I, Kids I, Without I knew, God. I knew how to do it without all that. <laughs> I had the book, read. I knew it. I read this. <laughs> um, but I tell you what, I think, my, you know, my, my, my point to people um, with, as I went through this, I think one of the things I really uh, stood out as a parent and as someone who obviously has parents um, Again, encourage you to, to learn, um, to be able to help kids and others with basic questions about faith. Redirect them to someone else if you don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, any kind of perfect preparation or perfect parenting to make sure your kids are doing the perfect faithful things all the way through. I mean, my, my dad was a very faithful, faithful person. And that is not, you can only do so much. There's really, you know, you can give them the information. You can, you can, you know, help convince them to some degree that there's truth in that information. But you can't give them the gift of trust in Jesus. That is God's gift to give. That's awesome. Can you thank Elliot? That's amazing. Thank you. So the question is for all of us, have you pushed the button? 
Seriously. As Elliot just said very eloquently, your parents can't push it for you. They can't force Jesus down your throat. They, honestly, we would love to, but we can't. Parents, don't try. Kids, don't, don't think that you're with Jesus because your parents are. We have, we have no control over that. We, we can and should plant as many seeds as we can, right? And, and we pray for them and we lead them and we point them to Jesus. But they have to ultimately at some point choose what they believe. They have to go from unbelief to belief. This world teaches that God is a universe, that, that you have your own power and you have all this kind of stuff. And the power of one is not self-help power. It is the power of Jesus. The power of the one gives you power of one. And, and I love Ellie's story because it, it shifts it from it is, it is all on me to figure this out. I'm strong enough to, no, I can't. Jesus is strong enough. Right? And so my question to you is, this is why we're here. This is, as a, as a church, this is why we're here. We're here to see people go from unbelief to belief. To go from lost in this, or, or stuck, or scared, or ashamed, or whatever it is. There's, everybody feels things differently. And, and Elliot felt it more mentally, right? And there was emotion attached to it. You can tell that. <laughs> he showed a bit. But, but it was mental. It was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. And since it doesn't make sense, and then God flipped the switch, and then it did. It was amazing. And so where are you at with Jesus? What do you believe? It's really important because it affects how you live your life here, and it affects where you end up after you leave here. We believe that. And so this day is a huge day because we're going to celebrate baptism. So in a minute, if you're here, if you're online, those of you online in the room, if you've never given your life to Christ, I'm going to pray in a minute, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus, to push the button. Now, as Elliot said, he prayed this prayer that somebody else put in a chat room. This can happen at any time. It doesn't happen to happen on a Sunday morning, but we are not going to pass this opportunity up to allow you to choose to follow Jesus. Because some of you need to do it before you walk out and, and go celebrate baptism. This might be the first time you're going to celebrate baptism as part of the team. It'd be awesome. By the way, I'll say this. If some of you accept Christ today, and this is your day, I've never done this before, you should let us know, and we should baptize you today. Right? If this is your day, we're putting you in some water, <laughs> and we're going to celebrate like crazy. Absolutely, I mean it. We will. We've got 14. We can do 50. Let's go. I don't care. By the way, I'm glad we moved it inside because it is really raining out there. Just kidding. So I'm going to pray. And if you're here and you know you're not with Jesus and you need to be, this is between you and God. This is not between me. I'm just saying some words. This is between you and God. You choose to follow Jesus if you want. If you know you need to, this is your time. All right? So I'm going to pray. And then we'll switch gears and we're going to get into baptism mode. Cool? All right. 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I don't know where every single person is at sitting in this room and online watching and listening. But what I do know is there are some who have, maybe they were like Elliot, maybe they are like Elliot right now, and they've gone through this thinking that Jesus is a good person and, and he's a good guy and he said some nice things. He, he gives us kind of a good model to follow, but he's never been Savior. He's never been Lord. He's never been truly God to them. And today they realize maybe they need to take that step. And so I pray that anybody in here, anybody online, that, that they want to take that step. They would simply say to you, Jesus, Jesus, I believe you're real. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the grave for me. Forgive me of my sins. And help me to follow you for the rest of my days. Jesus, I am all in. If there's anybody in here who took that step, Lord, I pray that you give them the courage to say something. Maybe they're going to let us know later because they don't. They're not sure they want to get in the water yet today. That's okay. The, the key is that you give them salvation, freedom from sin. And maybe there's some of us in here where we've been following you, but maybe we drifted a little bit. Pull us back. And now in these next few moments, we're going to go and we're going to celebrate some people who have chosen to say, I am all in with Jesus. I want to be baptized. This signifies who I am in Christ, who I am in Jesus. And I pray that we would hoot, we'd holler, we'd clap, we'd cheer. This is, this is way bigger than a Packers touchdown. This is way bigger than anything else we cheer for. So we need to go crazy. And I pray that you would help us to do that. Celebrate the new life that we have in Christ. And we pray all this, we ask all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.